0: my wife pointed this one out to me, Bob, you've been in control and God needs to show you he's in control. Maybe that's what this is about. So the way I'd say it, Wayne, I don't want to go through 2012 again, but on the other hand, I wouldn't trade that year for anything.
1: Hello and welcome to First Person, a weekly conversation with people who tell their story of God's faithfulness and calling in their life. Today you'll meet a top-level financial analyst who knows that life consists of more than the material. I'll introduce Bob Dole in just a few moments. First Person can be found online at firstpersoninterview.com. I mention that because the website contains not only more about today's guest, but also an archive of past programs as well as the schedule of what's coming up in the weeks ahead. Just go to firstpersoninterview.com and explore the resources you'll find there. And leave a comment for us at facebook.com/firstpersoninterview. Today's guest, Bob Dole, is presently Chief Equity Strategist and Senior Portfolio Manager at Nuveen Asset Management. But he is first and foremost a follower of Christ who desires to bring glory to God with his life. I heard Bob speak a few months ago in Chicago and knew instantly that his story is one that needed to be told here on First Person. So I called him and we talked about the career path that Christ has led him on.
0: My uh, profession, Wayne, is in the investment management business, which I've been doing for over 30 years. I currently practice at Nuveen Asset Management. Headquartered in Chicago. And uh, I have two main roles. One is to manage money, in particular, large cap U.S. equities. And two, to talk about markets from that perspective uh, to uh, clients, prospects, and in the media. That's essentially what I do for a living and have, as I said, for a long time.
1: All right. I, I admit I know next to nothing about what you just talked about. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I have seen you on CNBC and many other places on television with analysis, a financial analysis. And God has really put you in an interesting position, Bob.
0: Yes, he has um, uh, the the ability through years of experience to try to synthesize what is a very complicated world into a few short sentences is... um, Uh, something that uh, I seek to um, try to do in a a language that is accessible to the average person. Um, And uh, that's part of the spokesman role. And when you see see me on CNBC, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. Uh, Some kid me and say, all all you're trying to say, Bob, is buy low and sell high. And At (laughs) the end of the day, that's that's how we win. It's just a little hard to figure out sometimes what is low and what is high.
1: Well, quite apart from your job, uh, what's most important to you in life, of course, is family, but even more important is your faith in Christ. I want you to talk about um, how that came to be. What were the circumstances of you coming to Christ, Bob?
0: Certainly. uh, I uh, am one that was privileged to um, be reared in a uh, Christian home, and so I came to faith at a very early age. I could not tell you the day. But I can't remember a day when I wouldn't have said uh, Jesus Christ is my Savior, and uh, I've been uh, working now 59 years to to make Him Lord of my life. And so there are lots of times along the way when I can uh, remember times of uh, commitment and recommitment um, as we uh, you know we all stumble and uh, and and pick ourselves up through the uh, grace of God and and move on. So uh, uh, not a dramatic conversion, but one that I am very thankful uh, took place at a very young age.
1: Then how did you end up in the financial industry?
0: Yeah. Uh, So, so, uh, I went to undergraduate school and, and majored in uh, economics and accounting. And it was in my years between undergraduate school and graduate school that I discovered the investment business. Knew nothing about it prior to that and uh, fell in love with it. I mean, uh, all of us have uh, lots of callings in life, and one of them is our vocational calling. And I believe that's when I discovered mine, the intersection of interests uh, abilities gifting um and ability to serve people in a in a certain space and uh, once i discovered it i i've i've not looked back <laughs>
1: Well, I might be tempted to talk to you about the markets if I could here today. but I... <laughs>
0: Buy low, sell high, Wayne. That's all you need to know. <laughs> okay. All right. That's all the
1: time we have for today's conversation. <laughs> oh, yes. But it's far more fun and more fulfilling to talk about the Lord and the lessons He's taught you in life along that career path, that unique path that He's given to you. So let's talk about some of those things. What have been some of the turning points in your life, Bob?
0: Yeah, I, I would say that uh, I can remember periods of uh, growth and and sideways activity. We all go through periods, uh, or most of us, of, of dryness, and we wonder, uh, you know, does does God care or where is God? None of them were horrible periods of backsliding necessarily, but moments when you identify and you mature. Oh my goodness, how how was I going down that path recently? As uh, losing my job at uh, my pre- Prior employer, um, some 18 months ago, um, I recognized because that hit me so hard. I had some misplaced identity. I had passed on some of my identity to my work uh, and the person I was at that role, and that's why it hit me so hard. Rather than recognizing whose I am, I, I am the Lord's. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm 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 God's son, as it were, and uh, that missed. Placed identity uh, had to be um, ripped away from me for me to realize uh, I need to jump on board with him lock, stock, and barrel. So there's a moment in time that I, I, w- I would point out to you. I can remember a very, challenges along the way um, uh, in, in marriage and raising kids when you're, when you, when you're doing uh, 152,000 things at the same time, and how do you keep your priorities straight? Where do you spend your time? Uh, how do you focus on, on the best at the expense of the good sometime? Uh, a lot of faith lessons during those years, Wayne, that uh, I remember very well as, as another example. Hmm.
1: Let me take you back to that uh, job situation and uh, being fired, as as you call it. I mean, you were very high profile, uh, very influential. Uh, did it come as a surprise? And describe some of the emotion, Bob. Yeah,
0: you know, I, 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 you know, like many workers, had my uh, head down and moving forward. And while there were issues. Uh, I guess I didn't recognize that a demotion in, in 2009 was the beginning of being marginalized and ve- eventually uh, pushed out the door for a whole uh, host of reasons, some related, some unrelated. Um, I was at a very senior position, as you point out, and uh, um, my employer decided that uh, I was um, no longer welcome at the firm as it was. And uh, those days were tough days because it did hit me between the eyes, Um, and and I already mentioned the the, the misplaced identity. Uh, I probably had some workaholism in myself as well, Um, too dedicated, uh, too too, uh, work-focused. I've had those bouts over the years, as some of us uh, type A males especially uh, tend to have, and I need to be uh, made aware of that and and try to, to, to break that as well. Uh, control, my wife pointed this one out to me, Bob, you've been in control, and God needs to show you he's in control. Maybe that's what this is about. So, you know, wave after wave of lesson, the the way I'd say it, Wayne, and I suspect some of the listeners will identify, Uh, I don't want to go through 2012 again, but on the other hand, I wouldn't trade that year for anything.
1: Yeah, I I was just about to uh, point that out, because I've heard you speak on this topic, and I heard you put it this way it's not circumstances which define us but how we react to them and uh, that's what you found out it was it, it was one of those life lessons that unfortunately you can only learn one way right
0: Exactly right I mean you know we we tend to grow closer to god and maybe understand ourselves better during the valleys rather than at the mountaintops. And that was a recent valley for me. And uh yeah, I grew a lot closer to God and it caused me to be introspective and um you 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 you, you, you mature as a, a believer during those times. And I might also say our um among our responsibilities collectively as believers is to be salt and light wherever God places us. And the world is watching us all the time, but they especially watch us in the valley experiences, Mm -hmm. those trials. Mm -hmm. How will we react to our circumstances? Will our faith come through, or do we come bitter and turn aside? Hmm.
1: What is your philosophy of uh, living your faith in the workplace, for lack of a better way of putting it?
0: You know, it's, it's too and it's easy for me to say, it's harder to practice, but it's um, broadly to remember whose I am, to remember God is first. Um, and that has ramifications for all kinds of things, how we act. What our attitudes are. So I like to say, when you walk in the door at your workplace, we all bring an attitude with us. What does that attitude look like? Look like? Does it does it um, show and an, the, the fragrance of Christ, or is, is it some foreign kind of attitude that we bring along with us? Our, our, our actions. Are we doing things honorably? Uh, are we uh, Putting clients first, if that's the kind of business that we are in. How do we treat our coworkers? How do we react to uh, good circumstances? How do we react to difficult circumstances? It's the warp and woof of the everyday that I think reflects who is God in your life. And, and, and that's the attitude I have toward work. I might add on top of that, Wayne a real belief that work is not the necessary evil that a lot of people think it is, and it's not just the means to an end, and it's not just the method whereby we earn enough money to turn around and give some to a missionary, as good as all those things are. Work is a calling and a sacred responsibility. All of work, in my view, is an act of worship. And in our work, are we looking at it as service unto the Lord?
1: So it's not just a matter of over-witnessing on the job. It's living as a follower of Christ in all ways.
0: Absolutely as as you well know if you're living as a Christian your testimony when you finally put words out of your mouth or your coworker asks you a question which is it can be even more powerful uh has all kinds of credibility um it it, it also leads it, it also comes back to the quality of work that we do if you're a C minus worker what kind of testimony do you have when you start talking about your faith Conversely, if you're someone who's working hard, generally succeeding, it's part of your testimony. Here's somebody I want to emulate. And by the way, they're not only doing well, they're doing it with a great attitude. What is it about this person? I need to find out.
1: Bob Dole shares more of the lessons he's learned coming up in the second half of today's First Person. Stay with us. With the Winter Olympics coming up in Sochi, Russia, in a few short months, Russian Ministries has a plan to distribute the Gospel of John to as many of the participants and spectators as possible. But your help is needed for the printing and distribution costs. If you would like to help with this project, please go to FirstPersonInterview.com and click on the banner for Russian Ministries. Time is short, so pray with us this need will be met. Go to FirstPersonInterview.com My guest on First Person today is Bob Dole with Nuveen, and Bob is kind enough to give us some time on the program here today. I know it's a a busy day. As a matter of fact, as we record this conversation, it's the middle of the trading day, and here you are on the phone with me. So are you keeping one eye on the computer screen there, Bob?
0: Well, I am now that you mentioned that I'm looking in and, and the good news is I see a lot of green and not too much red on the okay, screen. Right, right, Wayne.
1: Uh, good news. We, we won't say what day this is, so yeah, that's
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> an update.
1: yeah, well, i I so appreciate uh, your testimony, uh, your love for family, your love for the Lord. Um, I heard you speak a few months ago, and you ticked off seven things that I wrote down, and I carry them with me on my phone everywhere. And I look at this list quite often. I just want you to know that, that it really uh, impacted me. And, and, of course, I'm someone that's gone through, a, a, a you know, on a much smaller scale, some of the things that you've gone through. But I want to talk about those seven things, if you don't mind. We've touched on a couple of them already, but if we circle back on them, you won't mind, will you?
0: Not at all. In fact, I'm uh, honored and humbled by uh, all you have just said. I'm glad it's uh, made a positive impact on somebody.
1: The first thing you said is that you, we should focus on the best at the expense of the good. And you mentioned that a little while ago. What do you, what do you mean by that exactly?
0: You know, Well, we all have 168 hours uh, a week, and the question is, what are we doing with that time? I don't meet many people, especially adults, who say, I don't know what to do next. It's more about, I've got so much to do, how do I accomplish it all? And it's led me to realize over the years, there are a lot of good things that we can spend our time on, but are they the best things. Uh, I believe if Satan can't make us bad, he will make us busy. Uh, And as a result, we'll take our eye off the real prize and the really best things in life. And and what's good and what's best for you may be different from me, but I think each one of us has responsibility before God to sort out what that really is. Are we pursuing hard after the best things God has for us?
1: Number two, live a heart-motivated life.
0: The, the, the calling there is as opposed to a head-and-a-hands-motivated life. Now, we all have to do things with our hands, and we all have to do things with our, our brains that God has given us, but my point is, what is the motivation to what it is that we do? Now, maybe I'm reflecting on the fact that I'm I'm a check it off, get it done. What's the to-do list? and I can be satisfied when I get the to-do list done when instead, where's my heart? What's the motivation for what I'm doing? Who am I interacting with? Who am I helping? Who am I uh, witnessing to for goodness in life, as it were?
1: And then part of your advice is to get a grasp on the brevity of life.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm. Uh, I just turned fifty nine, and uh, I, I probably means I'm past the halfway point, point. Uh, as it? As yeah, it, as I it think we're you're winning.
1: safe in saying that. Yeah, <laughs> probably
0: <laughs> safe. And uh, as every year ticks by, I realize how brief life is. My father lived to be sixty six. He died of cancer, mm. and uh, you know, God may take me before sixty six. He may take me after that. But I kind of look at sixty six and say, my goodness, that's only seven years away. Life is short. Uh, I love to speak to college students. Um, and, and talk to them about this very point, they look at me like, well, what are you talking about? You're an old man. <laughs> uh, but for all of us, um, especially as it relates to eternity, the 70 or 80 or 90 or for some 100 years we live on this life is very brief compared to eternity. So it almost connects back to, are
1: we doing the best? Mm-hmm. And then as I heard you speak, you you said something which I've heard many others say, but until we come to grips with it ourselves... It really is just a saying, and and that is that rem- we should remember it's not about us. It's not about you. It's about something far bigger and better, isn't it?
0: It certainly is. Um, it's easy, given our fallen nature, for us to, uh, to get get into the trap of uh, meism of selfishness, consciously or unconsciously. And uh, if we look at the life of our Savior, uh, we know <laughs> very well what it means to live a selfless life. And I think um, um, those of faith and those not of faith, if all of us lived a little less selfishly, the world would be a much better place. I I like to use the phrase, if you've you've got a hangnail, somebody else has lost their finger. If you've lost your finger, someone else has lost their hand, and and so it goes. Uh, And so focusing outward and to help others rather than always to have the pity party inside ourselves is, uh, is the motivation there.
1: Yeah, we sure don't have to look very far to find others that uh, are going through difficulties far more extreme than ours. Now, we talked about this point earlier, but I want to come back to it because it's such a critical point, and and you have such a unique perspective on this, and that is, have I transferred my identity to my job? My circumstances shouldn't define me. And you've already explained some of the lessons you learned, and I I know there are far more than what we've talked about here today, but this matter of transferring our identity to our job, that's huge, isn't it?
0: Really is it, it's it, 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 it's connected with one of the other ones you're going to come to. It's about worship. Uh, you know what 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 are we worshiping? We all are worshiping something, even the atheists worship something, and that becomes our focus and our preoccupation and um, The question for us as believers is, do we name the name of Christ as a convenience, or are we really living it? Where is our focus and To the circumstance question i 've often used the phrase we 've all been uh, dealt a, a, a hand of cards. Some of us have high cards, some of us have low cards. It's not the cards we've been dealt, it's how we play the cards. Uh, God is expecting from us, as he has gifted us, uh, to use those gifts and those talents for his glory, and are we doing that to the max, or are we doing as the guy in the proverb proverb about the talents is using it and burying them in the
1: ground? Hmm. Were you surprised when you lost that position?
0: I was. um, When I finally stepped back and, and, and uh, got a little rational about it and got a little perspective, uh, I guess I said maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised, but I clearly was. Um, I was doing my thing day by day by day, as I said earlier, and uh, uh, all of a sudden, uh, the game ended, as it were.
1: But looking back on it, you have a different perspective.
0: I sure do. It was uh, as always God is good, God is faithful and God has a perfect plan for all of us and uh at the at, at the moment I could not see this why this were, was the case but uh uh I believe I'm where God wants me for a whole lot of reasons that uh, uh I perhaps should write a book about um and, and uh, I already see his goodness in, in his hand of uh of care in causing that that job loss.
1: Um, also, when I heard you speak, um, you said that God seeks to satisfy the deepest desires of our heart. And this ties into everything else we've said, but just speak to that issue.
0: Sure. Um, the connection of that one also is to prayer. Um, our, our deepest desires often are prayers. And um, we, the line I've used is, when we tune our hearts to God's heart... Lots of good things can happen. That's a lot of what prayer is. The longer I live and the more I pray, and my my prayer life needs a lot of work. Um, But I would argue that I realize prayer is tuning my heart to God's heart. And if I can see things the way God sees things and want the things that God wants, um, He will satisfy those desires uh, in in our lives big time. Hmm.
1: And finally, all of life is worship. There is no um, distinction between the sacred and the secular. Uh, You found this out in the workplace, and uh, we all need to wrestle with this issue and come to that conclusion.
0: Yeah, what, I mean, what 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 do you wake up in the morning thinking about? What keeps you awake at night? Um, what what are the passions of, of your heart? What do you think about when you have nothing else to think about? These are the things that tend to be the preoccupations or the, or, or the things we worship. Uh, is is it the Lord? Is it uh, money? Is it our families? Is it some dream? Um, what, what what's on that list? Um, it, and it's about prioritization. It's not. It's, it's 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 not that we shouldn't be concerned about our jobs and all these other things that we we mentioned. It's what's the perspective and order in which we place those priorities. Hmm.
1: Well, I so appreciate those uh, seven points that I wrote down that day, and they've become a a bit of a guide for me along the way, along with God's Word, and I I sure appreciate it, Bob. Let me ask you about those priorities. I know that you have many opportunities in front of you. How How do you decide when to say yes and when to say no? Well, it
0: is with great difficulty. Often, uh, you know, it has to become a matter of prayer, particularly on the, the bigger issues of life. And a lot of it is where to spend my time, where to say yes to go make a speech somewhere. Um, uh, you, you can't be three places in, in one time. Uh, and my view is if you're in the Word and if you're, uh, your heart is tuned to God's heart, meaning you're, you're praying in, in, in His will, uh, some of these things sort out more easily than one thinks. Uh, God's given us a brain. He's given uh, us his word. He's given us uh, believers uh, and friends to counsel with. And uh, in that realm, become uh, buried in all of that are the answers for us to find.
1: Our guest today on First Person has been financial analyst Bob Dole, who is chief equity strategist and senior portfolio manager at Nuveen Asset Management. But as you can tell, Bob has an even higher calling. If you'd like to listen again to today's conversation or suggest someone else listen, please visit us online at firstpersoninterview.com. When you click on the Listen button, it will open up a long list of past interviews you can choose from beginning with today's program. That's firstpersoninterview.com. And the podcast of this program is also found on iTunes. By the way, our website also contains a schedule of what's coming up in the weeks ahead. And for comments about what you've heard, you can find us on Facebook, at facebook.com slash first person interview. Next week, the parallels between earthly fathers and our heavenly father. Dan Kuyper, the author of When Father is a Bad Word, will be our guest next time. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd inviting you to join us next time for first person.